Hello, Eagles fans, and welcome to another edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Eagles Beakley. I'm Chris McPherson, joined as always by Bo Wolf and Fran Duffy. Hope everyone had a wonderful That was the most well-timed uh, Eagles Beakley right in front of the... That was good. Yeah. Every week, you get a little bit better. Your timing, like the Eagles offensive line, just gets a little bit better. Listen, that's what week. it's about. It's about getting as good as you can be for the end of the season. you got to hit your stride heading into the playoff yeah. run. And the Eagles are certainly doing that. Coming off the 33-10 to 10 demolition of the Dallas Cowboys. How glorious it was. And being out there in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium was just, it was amazing. I mean, when the schedule came out, I couldn't wait to be down there in person i mean the eagles don't play on thanksgiving all that often it was only the sixth time in franchise history but to be there in dallas absolutely absolutely magical to say the very least and i couldn't have dreamed of that game unfolding any better the way that mark sanchez led the offense early Lashawn mccoy got things going on the ground and the defense just forcing tony romo to to see ghosts and just go down before there were even bodies around him i think you could dream a little bigger you don't have a, you don't have a bigger a better imagination than that i wouldn't it be Dude, fun if they won like seventy to nothing and uh, you know? I thought it was great. Tony the Romo way it quit was. the game in the middle, of, like <laughs> just quit football in the middle of the game. Jerry Jones is like running on the field crying or something yeah. like that. That, Jer- that they, might have been the only the thing. The Cowboys so. walk off the field and Jerry, like on the South Park with Dan Snyder, like Jerry Jerry Jones is the is just playing all by himself against the Eagles. <laughs> that being said, it was a pretty good game. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was look. It it could have been the 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 deficit at the end of the game could have been even greater, obviously. But uh, the Eagles in all phases just played a really really good game. Uh, they took away everything that Dallas tried to do offensively. Uh, holding that offense to ten points at home is you know is a, it's a great accomplishment. And defensively, they were able to you know or I'm sorry on our offensive side of the ball against their defense, we were able to move the ball with ease. You know you want you'd like to see them finish better in the red zone, one for five, but. Uh, you know, and, that, and that's why I was saying the deficit could have been even greater. But uh, really, just a great overall performance from all three phases. Should we talk about the one, the one bad thing from this game now? Get it let's, out of the way. Let's, let's do it. Out. Let's, let's, let's flush talk it about out. the red zone. Was it one for five? One for five, correct. And you know, they had a 27-yard touchdown and a 30-something yard touchdown run from Lashawn McCoy. So they're they're still they're scoring, getting explosive plays, but, but it's when you get down there because, like Fran said, I mean, I was I was craving 40 burgers. Yeah. I was sitting at the end of the game. I'm like, just get that, get that 40. Get that forty against Dallas, you know that that could have been the thing I would have dreamed of to make it just a little bit sweeter. What about the fifty? It's frustrating. Oh. It, I mean, Dallas was the thirty-first red zone defense coming to this game, uh, so they are not good in the red zone, and the Eagles still still weren't able to uh, to convert. I don't know. It's frustrating. Do do they need to run more? Um, do you put in Chris Polk in there? Yeah. Do I mean, you roll out Sanchez more? You if, know? I, if I never see another jump ball to Riley Cooper from the four-yard line again, I will be a happy man. I think it's just a matter of execution and just getting better at, at everything that you do. Every one of those trips, it wasn't like uh, you could look at it and say, like, oh, yeah, this was the one reason why they went one for five. It was, you know, just tiny things here and there. I mean, like the, the whether it was a miscommunication on the jump ball or uh, – Early on, we had drops in the in the in the back of the end zone as well. You had one to Matthews that got punched out the last minute, one to Ertz, same deal. So, mm-hmm. um, look, I mean, the chances are there. It's just a matter of capitalizing and just you know changing some of the little things. And one of five turns into three of five, and all of a sudden, it's a pretty good day. Huge down there. difference. Yeah. But that that's that, those are th- they're gonna be the things. Those are gonna be the points you're gonna leave on the field. That when you get to playoff time, that you know you may not get five opportunities in the red zone against a team like the Packers, and if you don't convert those. You end up with the big deficits. Well, so. it's going to be the case on Sunday. I mean, when you play against Seattle, you you want touchdowns instead of field goals. We saw it a few weeks ago against Green Bay. Like early on in the game, 
you know, when they're scoring touchdowns, you have to be able to respond back with touchdowns of your own. Uh, getting field goals down there is good. You still want to get points, but ultimately it's about punching it into the end zone. But it was amazing to see Mark Sanchez and the way he orchestrated the offense, and the tempo seems to get better and better each and every week. He keeps saying as you watch these games, that's the fastest I've seen this offense run. That's the fastest I've seen this offense run. It is lightning quick the way he's getting them in and out. On, of, you won't even say the huddle, just getting them in and out of the breaks, getting them on the field, and getting them ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's funny watching the games on TV. The the, uh, the broadcast crews, they can't show replays. Yeah. yeah. So they'll, they'll try and go, and they'll, they'll start the replay, and they got to crash out. So uh, the offense is moving at a really fast pace. Mark Sanchez played probably his best game as an Eagle in the, the small uh, sample size we've gotten over the first few games. Uh, he was efficient, made good decisions, didn't turn the ball over, he said. And uh, look, I mean, it was a huge win. Can you keep it rolling now against the, the Super Bowl champs coming in on Sunday? And it was an interesting game plan because, I mean, the Eagles were, were more run, high, run heavy uh, even early in the game than they have been in recent weeks. Sanchez was not throwing the ball downfield really very often. I think it was two passes over 20 yards in the air or something like that. Uh, he was throwing short, but maybe that's, that's the, you know, the plan so that he doesn't turn the ball over and this offense can, can function as a whole. Uh, you know, we've seen when they don't turn the ball over, they move the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I think a lot of people have talked about that, but it's not like the plays have been different. I don't think they've called different plays. I think that uh, since Sanchez has been in, they're still calling the same plays. He's just going to different people. You know, Instead of hitting Jeremy Macklin on the deep post, he's hitting Jordan Matthews running on the crosser, and it's not necessarily that he has more faith in, in Matthews. It could be the teams are starting to play more over the top to protect, protect themselves against those deep post routes. And, no, you know, it's because they're best friends. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're, they're BFFs, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things where – you know, I think people kind of jump on and try and find a narrative as to why guys are doing better or why guys are succeeding in one area as opposed to another. But, um, you know, I, I think that Sanchez is just doing what, you know, he's playing within the scheme and hitting guys that are open. And right now, I mean, Matthews is, is, on the, is the beneficiary of that. No, I think that allows him to get the tempo going, taking the right. short passes because you're not taking the deep shots. You're not going to be as accurate. You're going to have the incompletions. All right, you're going to stop and stall and, you know, struggle to get things picked up again. You take those short passes and you just keep taking it to the defense, and that Cowboys defense just was not able to handle the pace that the Eagles were playing at whatsoever. No, no question about it. And look, I mean, it's it's all about moving the chains, keeping you know keeping the offense on schedule, and you're getting you, you get down to the red zone and you, you finish drives. I mean, that's that's what it's about. It's all about putting points on the board, baby. That's it. However you can do it's it. It's all about getting the ball out. You know, it's great seeing the offensive line finally come together. You know, you had the suspension to Lane Johnson at the beginning of the year. You had. Jason Kelsey's injury with the hernia. You have Evan Mathis with the knee injury. You know, Matt Tobin suffers a concussion, you know, after a couple starts. It seems like they've got the five best guys. They're all playing together well. The timing is there. It seems like they're gelling together at the right time. I and mean, this is the final stretch of the season where you want to be playing your best football. And it seems like the offensive line, which was so dominant, you felt like all of last season is finally getting to that point here in 2014. And you know what I would tell Andrew Gardner? What's that? I would say, Andrew, only you can put the guard in Gardner. I think I've heard that before <laughs> somewhere. But uh, can, can we like work in the video and like splice <laughs> it in there? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I like that I got the I got the uh, the good joke thing this yes, time. Yes, this so, time. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, it was the, two different been, endings. Must have been the delivery. Yes, it's like it always the, is. It's like one of those movies where you see it the first time and you're like, eh, that wasn't that good. And you see it the second time at home and you're like, this is a lot funnier than I remember. Maybe that's the case, of BT. Um, but no, I mean, look. The, Do you get it though? Because guard, you have to put a U in Gardner to make it have guard in it. That's correct. So only you can put the guard in Gardner. Whatever works, man. 
<laughs> but uh, but no, really. I mean, this offensive line. Look, they're they really are. They are all starting to uh, starting to come together. Uh, Chip Kelly talked about it this week about the the communication starting to get better along across the entire line. He talked about those guys getting healthy. Uh, Lane Johnson starting to get back into the swing of things. Andrew Gardner set, settling in at right guard, uh, and it's you know proving itself out in the field. The run game is starting to hit its stride, and uh, it's going to be big things down the stretch. Now, well, it was interesting. Was I was looking at the Pro Football Focus grades. I was looking up some different stats, and uh, they have a feature. Must have been very them. enlightening. It was. <laughs> I was on there checking out, and they have like a an All Stars of the week, like the Pro Bowl team from that week. And they can I guess? Players, Evan Mathis. To, no, not Evan <laughs> Mathis. Lane Johnson. Him saying Lane Johnson made me think of it. But the one person who I figured I was expecting to see was Fletcher Cox. And I was sitting there, I was like, "How's Fletcher Cox? Was he not in there? No, he was not on oh, there. Oh man, well, you know, there you go. But trust the, him as far as you can throw him. But the defensive line, which you know, the guys were going to have character. Fletcher Cox is a guy who doesn't what, say much. Quickly, was there anybody else on there from the Eagles, or was it just Lane Johnson? It was just Lane Johnson, okay. yes. All right, Con- sorry, continue. So, was there anyone else who would you put a – Well, Fletcher makes sense. Fletcher, yeah. Fletcher was the one I was looking for yeah. and expecting to see. So. I w- and they also love Brandon Graham a lot, and right, rightfully so. Certainly. This season, but uh, but yeah. no, the two – the only Eagle on there was Lane Johnson okay. for the week. So, so you go to the defense side of football. Fletcher Cox doesn't say much in interviews. Benny Logan is jovial, good guy, one of the friendliest guys in the locker room. And I remember I, I talked to Mayor Logan, asked him, you know, the question everyone was asking, so what do you think of the Cowboys' offensive line? And he just deadpans and goes, they're okay. And I remember He was right. There, yeah, well, he turned out to be right. But I'm standing there with, with uh, Reuben Frank from uh, Comcast Sports, and, and, you know, I'm like sitting there like, is he going to add a little bit more to the answer? Or is this going to be it? And I'm like, oh, great, he's going down this road. And then, <laughs> then, and then the next day, Fletcher Cox, you know, that makes his comments in the media about the offensive line. So certainly they want to respect. They earned it with that dominant performance. And, you know, it was one thing seeing it live, seeing how dominant they were. What did it look like, Fran, when you watched the tape the next day? Was it? They are who we thought they were. Oh, that's good. Good timing. Well done. Perfect timing. No, I mean, look, the the defensive line, obviously, they they held up their end of the bargain going into that game. Uh, the offensive line of Dallas went, you know, came in with all kinds of fanfare and uh, – Benny Logan, Cox, uh, Seth Thornton, all those guys. I mean, all the, all the guys up front really held their own. Uh, you saw Brandon Bear hold himself up against uh, Tyron Smith multiple times. Uh, Twice his age. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, he held his own, all right? So, look, look, it's just across the board, it was a really great performance from all those guys up front. Uh, really, I mean, they shut down that stretch run game at Dallas. Uh, they couldn't get that signature play going. And really just every uh, – the entire run game, really, in that first half was a moot point for Dallas. They were able to get some chunks early on, but uh, nothing that was uh, that made you feel like this is going to be a good day on the ground for them. Fran, you've called it, it seems like, all season long. Whenever we've talked about the Cowboys, you said they've had the formula. They've been able to stick to it. You know, good, solid defense, run everything to DeMarco Murray, have Tony Romo not make too many throws. You're trying 14 nothing in the first quarter you got to get away from that philosophy. And then the Eagles stopping the run on top of it just forced them to put the ball in Romo's hands. And Romo, who had the short week, obviously not good for that back injury that he's been dealing with. Yeah, and I think I I didn't go back and look at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure that the Eagles' defense was only on the field for 70 snaps. I might be I might be wrong on that, but that's a low number for them. And that's just a, a credit to the, to the offense for uh, being able to have such a high amount of plays and keep that Dallas uh, that Dallas defense on the field, and you, you talked about it. Look, you're scoring points. You're limiting what that Dallas run game can do. They were able to take them out and kind of mess with that formula that we talked about, 
And uh, look, they were they were able to make it work, and that's that's how you get such a big win over that team. They sort of salted that game away in the second half, like the like the the Cowboys formula. I mean, Mark Sanchez yeah. threw for 15 yards right. in the second half after right. throwing for over 200 in the first half. So uh, that was fun to watch. It's always fun to watch a team just just physically dominate somebody, and and that's what they did to the uh, the team from Dallas. What's better than this? <laughs> Guys being dudes. Nothing. I can think of some things. Nothing. What was good? Was what? he going to Florida? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I, that would be a terrible hire. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hilarious. <laughs> it would be hilarious. I would be really, really shocked. He's probably only going for a vacation. I don't think they have him getting hired this. there at Florida would be almost as shocking as Brady Hoke being kept at Michigan. Could it? Hmm. it would it be possible for you to have more of a rooting interest in a college game than if it was Al Golden's Miami against Adazio's Florida? No. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Very, very little chance that I would have more rooting interest in any game. Do you think, would you care more about that result or if, like, Temple was in the BCS championship game? <laughs> What's the, what is the uh, importance of the Florida-Miami game? Uh, well, it's, Temple it's like a, it's like a, w, it's like a, it's like a WWE stipula- stipulation. It's loser leaves town. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a retirement match. Oh, man. Oh, in that case, it's Florida. <laughs> it's the Florida-Miami game. Okay. <laughs> It's good, but the thing is, but the thing is, you know, he could still suffer through the years, though, if it wasn't that kind of stipulation. So, if he gets that job, how long does he last? Over under over over under two years. There's so many factors to go into that. I'm not even gonna. (laughs) He's got a great group of guys working with him. That's it. Guys being dudes. Just going politically correct here, jeez. Dudes to the left of me. Dudes to the right. (laughs) Stuck in the. Dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. It's good. It's good. Oh uh, man, what does he? I mean, what does he really do with this guy? <laughs> it's good. All right. Thanks, Bing. Back need, to the Eagles. They need a new social media team. Yeah. Uh, say the least. He is. That's his job. Head 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 football coach slash social media coordinator. Let's <laughs> go back to the Eagles here as we swerve things back on track. Uh, what I think really helped the Eagles defense was it seemed like the referees let them play because there were times early on in the game where you know the corners Bradley and Kerr were getting a little physical with the receivers and. You know, the rest were they've doing it done it all over the league. It's hilarious that like we were we were hand wringing over over the ticky tack uh you know, holding calls in the secondary in the preseason it was like, Oh the the league is changing, everything's like this what are they doing to the game? And and then it gets to the season and you can just mug guys yeah. and it doesn't matter. Well they, they did it the first few weeks. Yeah. Just to kinda of keep up the pretense so that it funny. was gonna c- carry over from the preseason, but it seems like now they're letting cornerbacks get away with more. And I think Chip Kelly and Bill Davis have both talked about it that in the beginning of the game, they kind of get a sense of how the refs are going to call it, yes. and then they, they play from there. I mean, uh, there were a few plays that ticky-tack calls could have been made against Bradley Fletcher, could have been made against Kerry Williams, and I think there were a couple of the other way, too, that uh, that mm-hmm. were left in the uh, the referee's pockets. But, um, you know, really just a good job. The, the secondary, I don't think, has gotten enough uh, credit nationally and locally, really, uh, for the job that they did. I mean, credit Bill Davis for, uh, you know, putting those guys in a position where – they were able to take away Tony Romo's first read, his second read in the progression, often. I mean, he would drop back to pass. He would look at Jason Witten over the middle of the field, and he'd have Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Michael Kendricks on top. And then he'd go over to Des Bryant, and he'd have Kerry Williams and Nate Allen on top of it. Like, it was just so often those kind of plays were taken away, and it resulted in a lot of big plays for the Eagles. Do you think it's a, a degree of difficulty thing where – uh, the reason that that Fletcher and, and Kerry don't get credit uh, for what they do is because what they're being asked to do is so difficult. They're they're maybe left on an island more than than more, most corners throughout the league. Yeah, and it, it's honestly that that position is one of those positions where 
you know, it's almost like offensive tackle or quarterback where, or not, not necessarily quarterback, obviously every decision that a quarterback makes is going to be put under the microscope, but offensive tackle, you're better off, uh, you know, seen and not heard from. Like if you're not giving up a play, everyone is fine. They won't really mention you, but the moment you give up one catch, now it's put into the forefront and it's like, oh, this guy needs to get benched. It's, you know, it's, look, it's, it's not, a, we talked about it with Patrick Peterson a few weeks ago. Like it's, it's not easy playing on an island, playing man-to-man coverage in the NFL week to week, down after down after down. Uh, and these guys are doing a good job, honestly. Also great seeing Michael Kendricks yeah. had an outstanding game. He was awesome. You know, yeah. fly, and he must have been talking. I didn't have a chance to talk to him after the game, but he must have been talking so much smack on the field. You could just tell as he's carrying, you know, Murray to the sideline. And I'm just like, he is probably popping off at him left and right and just getting his ear. There was the one play where he, where Murray, I think it was Murray, got ridden out of bounds and he went flying into the bench and hit Donnie Jones and Dornboss like sitting on the uh, on the bench. And Kendricks like gave him a mouthful yeah. like coming off like, you know, like, you know, watch yourself, watch, watch what you're doing. Because it was a uh, – I love – Kendricks is a, a really fun player to watch. And since he's back and now healthy, especially with D'Amico on the sideline, like he's he's really taking his play to another level. And then you have to give credit to Casey Matthews. Yep. I mean, once again, everything was on his shoulders. Emmanuel Acho, he took part in the pregame warm-ups. He was active. But you could tell early on that he wasn't rotating in there whatsoever, that it was going to be Casey Matthews' show. You know, he got credit for the one sack – down in the red zone after Fletcher Cox had a great tackle for loss. But, you know, I feel like Casey Matthews really just throughout the course of the season has really taken his game to another level when a lot of people, I think, kind of wrote, wrote him off. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, t- it's a testament to, uh, to him and also just to being patient with guys and, and letting them develop at their own, uh, at their own speed. Patience? So. What? You got to be patient with, uh, patient with developing players? I believe that you do for some, for some people. Yeah. It's every player is like an, a unique snowflake. Oh, here They're all different. Okay, <laughs> they all take their own time. We need some like poetic music to uh, accompany this. Bo's thoughts, like the stripes of a zebra. <laughs> Referees helping out. I have you nothing. nothing I can't that. top that. <laughs> Pearls of wisdom. Look at Andrew Gardner. Journeyman. Now he's a starter. He'll never give up that job. Constant Gardner. Pearls of wisdom you can only find on the Eagles Beardly podcast. <laughs> Oh, nice. Whoa. How long were you holding yeah. on to that one? I just thought of it when you were rubbing That's your beard. That's pretty good. Okay. We'll give something for the fans oh, to listen to. So, <laughs> Yes, we are, we are taping this on December 2nd, and Bo is just coming up with new excuses. To Bovember keep continues. November has ended. Bovember continues. Yeah. Yes. That's all that matters. It's Bo's world. We're just living in it. It's like the summer of George. Just keeps on going. <laughs> it's like the summer of George. It's good. So let's uh, take a look to this Sunday. The defending Super Bowl champions, Seattle Seahawks, come to Lincoln Financial Field. Eagles have won 10 straight games at home in the regular season. Seattle, red hot, back-to-back wins in the division against Arizona and the Niners, teams who defeated the Eagles. The exact same score, 19-3, no Super Bowl hangover. They're just one game out first place in the division. It seems like that they're starting to peak at the right time and getting ready to get into that defend mode so that they'll be able to make some noise in the postseason and uh you know i've I've said this before but i i believe that this game will be for the number two seed in in the nfc i believe this is for a bye whoever wins this game is going to get that two seed that i believe that that green bay is going to get the one seed they've got such an easy schedule it's crazy how easy their schedule is you gotta hope for them going to buffalo and losing and i think that's possible it's possible detroit if detroit Detroit can win out and Yeah, that's true. Hang Detroit true. still controls yeah, sure. their own destiny, if I yes. remember correctly. But I, I, I believe that it will be for the two seed. And obviously, whoever wins this game will have a, a tiebreaker. That's 
going to be huge. It's the one so thing the Eagles really don't two, have. It's really a two-game lead. Yeah, right. the Eagles don't have many tiebreakers at this point. And I think so we're all counting on, on Arizona losing a couple more times. You think they're going to go to Logan Thomas? I would be really surprised if they did. They can't. I don't, th- I don't think they but can Drew Stanton stinks. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, to, so the, to the matchup. I'm, I'm fascinated by this, by this matchup because, uh, you know, I think everybody's sort of looking at, but at how is the Eagles' offense going to handle the Seahawks' defense? Uh, but I also, I think the Eagles' defense is a really good matchup for the Seahawks' offense. I think, I'm not, I'm not sure that that I, I think the Seahawks are going to be able to do much on offense because we know the Seagulls' defense has been very good against the run. Precisely, Marshawn Lynch is is a different kind of running back, obviously, than Demarco Murray up the middle. I think the Eagles' defense has has not been quite as good as on uh, runs to the outside. But you know, Bill Davis talked about it this week defending uh you know what team is better suited to to defend read option stuff from from uh opposing offense than this eagles team that has so many college guys on staff and obviously chip kelly and, and the the offensive guys here so uh and and other than that you know you've talked about it you can and you can talk about it more now but the seahawks don't have much of an identity on offense other than Marshawn Lynch. plays and sort of russell wilson running around in the backfield and, and making something happen yeah it's almost like a it's and they don't have the they don't have the I'm sorry they don't have the guys on the outside to, no. to burn by our, our corners so. absolutely not. it's it's you know last week I think everybody talked about the Dallas offense against the the Eagles defense and this week it's kind of flip flopped where I think everybody's talking about the you know the Seattle's defense against this Eagles offense not enough people are talking about well what is Seattle's offense going to do against uh, against this Eagles D obviously look the the Seattle run game is different than any run game they've they really faced this year it's it's similar in some ways to what San Francisco and Carolina do but uh, they do it at a much higher level the number one but number two uh, Marshawn Lynch is just a, a different animal when it comes to the how he runs and you know some of these different plays they'll run that stretch play but they don't need do it nearly as often as you know you'll see those outside zone read the inside zone read uh, a lot of these other plays that they'll run you look Marshawn Lynch I mean He's one of the most physical players in the entire National Football League. Uh, but their pass game, look, it, you watch, they don't have they don't have an identity. And one of the things I, you know, that I've noticed is, look, look, early in the season when they had Percy Harvin, that pass game was based on misdirection and screens and jet sweeps and reverses. And, like, you know, they think the ball's going here, but it's actually going there. It was There was some kind of identity to it. And you thought, okay, well, you know, with Harvin traded to the Jets, like maybe they kind of they'll change it. And I don't know that they've kind of found themselves yet as a passing offense. I would say that their identity right now is let's hope that Russell Wilson makes some plays with his with his feet, whether it's through the air or, or if he's taken off and running with it. And it's work. I mean, he's he's gained. I mean, it's a uh, great Cosell actually gave me a stat they're, they're going to use for the matchup show this week. Uh, he's gained 80 yards per game outside of structure over the last like six weeks oh, that's a great like that. Cosell term and you know yeah, it i know but, it, but it was but it's 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 i mean it's crazy because that's i mean 80 yards is a lot and that's those are the plays that he makes you know on the move when the play breaks down so you have to account for that you have to account for russell wilson being able to do that uh and they invite that almost because of the amount they play in empty uh you know so frequently and it's almost that they they invite the pressure and say like okay russell wilson's gonna beat your pressure is and greg a, is greg a russell wilson guy uh, you know, I don't want I don't want to speak for him, in a, but like you know, I you, you have some of the you have some of the you have some of the concerns with, with you have some of the concerns yeah. with Russell Wilson that you have with some of these other guys with you know with a Johnny Manziel or with a Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton, some of these guys that uh, are run first type players, and that you know at times Russell Wilson's gonna run out of the pocket or kind of drop his eyes and look for you know look to escape when he shouldn't. But I think he's a far better decision maker and just a more natural football player than. 
the Colin Kaepernick's and Cam Newton's. He knows what he's doing, and he's a smart player. Uh, so that's why it's a little bit more dangerous than some of those other guys. It is, it is Russell Wilson, right? It's not, not Wilson it's Russell. Not Wilson. You sure? Russell? Yeah. Okay. That would be interesting right there. Just double-checking. Yeah. Uh, it seemed I like probably it, should know that by now. But I think we should know. Yeah. That, yeah. Super Bowl it, winning quarterback. It seemed like at the beginning of the year, they, you talk about their identity, that they wanted Russell Wilson to kind of lead that offense, to be more of a pass-first type offense. So it, it seems like they've you know gotten back to at least Marshawn Lynch being the guy who carries things. But, again, it, it's interesting to see that they're trying midseason to try to find themselves in, in the wake of everything. A lot of the things they do in the pass game are very simple, basic concepts. It's like stuff that you would see – you know, any team, you know, at a college or high school level run, it's all very basic stuff. Bubble ball the, kind of stuff. Bu- like bubble, you know, bubble ball kind of things. But, uh, you know, they, he, they're able to run it with that, at that kind of high level because he's so good outside. Once things break down, you know, they count on him to be able to make plays. And, look, sometimes that works against you. We saw a, cu- a couple weeks ago when they played Arizona and they, they won 19-3. to He got sacked seven times, and that wasn't on the offense. I mean, some of the, you know, there, I think one or two of those sacks you could probably say, like, oh, you know, this guy should have blocked this this rusher, but a lot of that was on Russell, you know. So uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting matchup. I'm really interested to see how the Eagles, you know, look to defend this backfield between him and Lynch. So Seattle's defense been very very good last two games. Not allowed a touchdown, just six total points. But at the same time, how much has it been the quarterbacks that they face? Drew Stanton had his struggles. Colin Kaepernick looked lost on Thanksgiving night. I mean, it's if Mark Sanchez can do what he did in Dallas, just be smart with the football. You know, obviously you want the game situations to lend themselves to be, you know, in favorable prediction, predictable situation for the Eagles. But if Sanchez can take care of the football, it seems like that they should be able to move this ball against the Eagles defense, against the Seahawks defense. I mean, that's the thing is that you just got to keep the offense on schedule, keep the ball moving, take what they give you. And, you know, don't turn the ball over. And this offense is going to score points. I think we, we've kind of come to grips with that, that they're, they're going to move the ball as long as you don't come out and, and turn the ball over in your own end, you know, give away points. Uh, and then obviously your defense has to hold up their end of the bargain as well. But uh, if you come out, they're, they're going to be able to move the ball, I think, on this defense. Um, but look, I mean, there's a lot of good players over there. And they, they play a scheme where, uh, you know, it used to be that, you know, you kind of pigeonhole those guys and said like, okay, they're – you know, they're going to play cover three, and it's a four-man front, and they don't really blitz a lot, and it's a lot of zone coverage. They've really mixed things up this year. You know, you see Richard Sherman's shadow players, uh, you know, across the formation, you know, going to the slot, uh, especially on third down. They'll, you know, they'll kind of move him around. Uh, lots of different blitz looks, and it's funny you touched on it. I, I think that the last couple weeks against San Francisco and against Arizona, they've featured a lot more blitz looks, a lot more man coverage looks. But I, I too, wondered, is it because they were going up against Colin Kaepernick and Drew Stanton? Or is this something that we can expect moving forward? It'll be interesting to see Sunday. I cannot wait to see Jerry Macklin against Richard Sherman. Yeah. Do you think he'll be shadowing him all over the field, or do you think they'll they'll keep keep him on the side? Well, that's the thing too is that Jeremy Macklin runs most yeah. most of his routes from yeah. that right side yeah. anyway. So, uh, you know, I would expect that more often than not, those two will be matched up on each other. They will, you know, they'll move Richard Sherman around, but I don't know that I've seen it where you know every single play he followed Des Bryant around or, you know, Tavon Austin. But then there would be reps, you know, like the very last play when they played the Rams a few weeks back. Uh, it was the very last play of the game. Uh, game was on the line. I think it was only uh, – Seattle was only up by four points. Tavon Austin was in the slot on, on the right side, so the opposite side of the field in the slot, and Richard Sherman was on him, and he ended up breaking up the pass from the slot. So, um, you know, they move him around, but I think they kind of pick and choose their spots. Yeah, and Macklin, who was outstanding against Patrick Peterson yep. a couple weeks back. What, you've watched the tape of the previous games – you know, Dallas comes to mind. Dallas team was very successful against Seattle. What were some of the things that they did 
to beat that Seattle defense. Well, you got to run the ball, and Dallas was able to run the ball really, really well against Seattle. Um, and the, the big thing, too, is that Seattle, they, they've had a lot of injuries as well. I mean, Bobby Wagner's been hurt. Uh, Cam Chancellor was hurt. Brian Maxwell was hurt. So uh, they've had a lot of issues. You know, Brandon Meebane is out now for them to nose tackle. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. O'Brien Schofield was out. They're, they're kind of shuffling guys in and out of the lineup. Their nickel corner was out as well. They, they've had guys banged up all year long. And now that they're healthy, I think they're starting to hit their stride. So, I mean, it's going to be a big test for uh, for the Eagles offense for sure. One thing I noticed from the Niners game, the Seahawks Niners game, is Earl Thomas just takes away so much of the field. And not just in, I'm not just talking about just the pass game, but the run game no, as well. Because yeah. there were holes where if you have a LaShawn McCoy, a Darren Sproles, I think those types of players can exploit them, but against a Frank Gore, who's, you know, not the quickest of running backs, Earl Thomas can come and kind of take away the hole there. So I think that's going to be something that I'm interested to watch. You, it's funny because like I, I talked earlier about how you pigeonhole that defense as a whole. Like I feel like some of those guys you kind of pigeonhole into like little boxes and say like, okay, you know, Cam Chancellor is a box player. Uh, Earl Thomas is a center fielder. Richard Sherman's a press corner that's always going to play cover three. Like these guys are very versatile and I, I don't think cam chancellor gets enough credit for his instincts and coverage i don't think earl thomas gets enough credit for the way that he plays near the line of scrimmage as a tackler i mean i've seen numerous plays on tape where you know he's up you know either making a tackle for loss or a tackle near the line of scrimmage against the run uh just really just there's a reason why i mean chip kelly said it on monday or two, uh, was it monday yeah monday uh there's a reason why the team won the super bowl last year this is a very very talented group earl thomas is he's okay he's good but I'd still rather have Brandon Graham. It's a sad, that's a sore subject for Eagles fans. Oh. What music is this? Oh, uh, Pearls of Wisdom. Oh, Pearls of oh, Wisdom. Oh, nice. nice. Look at nice. that. That's pretty good. I don't really have one for this, but, but uh, you know. You got to stroke the beard. Brandon, Probably got to stroke the beard. Don't tell him to stroke. Oh, Brandon God. Graham. Uh, I... You know, he gets pressure on the quarterback. He makes the locker room smell. I think he's, uh, <laughs> he, 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 you know, he brings a special something. What I will say about Brandon Graham, it, it's you talk about patience and letting guys develop, but it's That's really it's really amazing how he has turned his career around this year. I mean, from a guy who was obviously frustrated. Now, he had a good rookie season, had the knee injury, struggled to come back. You know, then he had the transition in scheme. And now this year, second year in the scheme, he's just he's finally just seemed to put it all together you know he's got his life right off the field you know he got married he's you know completely focused and dedicated to the game getting himself you know the right right shape eating right all that good stuff and putting the work in that it's now showing up for the eagles yeah i mean you guys remember how he started his career and just uh the even the development over the last year you know in this scheme i mean he's just gotten so much better and he's he's earned the uh, the production that he's had so far. I mean he's he's earned his spot on this in this rotation at outside linebacker, uh, and he's playing a number of different roles for this team. So let's do a little transition here. So we've had some Eagles who have had some outstanding performances. You know, following the win over the Cowboys, it was Connor Barwin who was in the locker room and it said that Fletcher Cox is someone who deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. So Fletcher Cox, who you know, not a guy who has big name recognition outside of Philadelphia, you know. I think started to make a name for himself nationally with that performance he had. Connor Barwin's had a career year. He's put himself in the national conscious. Uh, we wanted to go through the fan Pro Bowl vote. Okay. And see if you guys can figure out. The, le- the league has sent me the top ten at each position as well as the top ten overall players. Okay. How many of the guys at each position can you figure out? now? Oh, should, let's start with overall. That's interesting. Let's start overall. Yeah. And should be should note that it's 
conferences are combined, so yeah, it's, okay. so it's not you know AFC and NFC. Um, but this is voting strictly by the fans. This is not okay. the player vote or anything like that yet. So we'll kick it off with top ten overall. Um, give uh, us the mu- give us the Jeopardy music, and by the time by the time the Jeopardy music's over, that'll be it. I'll say Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is number two. Peyton on the Manning. List. Yes. Peyton Manning is number one. Ah, got it. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is fourth. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Good work by you. Number ten. Nice. Uh, Andy Luck. Andy Luck is third. Oh, good one. Uh, Megatron. Megatron is not in the ah, top ten. Yes. Okay. Probably, you know, probably any other year, battling injuries. All right. Not in there. Fill out the rest of the top ten. Uh, wait, no, I get. Ah, come on. Even amount of guesses here. All right, well, then I won. <laughs> That's fine. It's true. You did get me on this All one. All right, so Excellent. a player we've talked This is a good one, though. We, I want to do this one. <laughs> it's a top ten overall. It's it's overall. We're going to talk about all these names anyway. Um, Fran's wait until top ten centers. Yeah, I know. Like, Fran's, comes up yeah. and he'll you be gotta like. Give, this is, I know this my, is my, only, this is my only chance to make up some ground here. Uh, how, about, uh, how about Jordy Nelson? Jordy Nelson is number nine. Yes. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray. Good one. Fifth. Good one. Um, he is the highest non-quarterback. Okay. Um, Two guys. Okay, I got one. Okay. Antonio Brown. Very good. Very nice work. That is correct. He is seventh. So you have number six and number eight. Drew Brees? Drew Brees is not in the top ten. Oh, I got one. I know one. I know one. Um, mm-hmm. How about... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go off the board here. Okay. Steve Ballas uh, is not you know an what? answer. Uh, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna say Le'Veon Bell. Nice work, number six. Gronk. Oh, good guess. No. No. Wow. Oh, can I go a clean sweep here? Number eight. Oh, Who is number clean eight? Sweep. Eight is um, great. Um. Oh, this is tough. I'm gonna say. You were feasting on turkey reportedly on Thanksgiving. This player once upon a time gave up meat. Oh, Arian Foster. Very nice. Okay. That's I wouldn't. That would not have been my no. My, and my that's that's kind of okay. some cheesy uh, right. hint there. That was good. So uh, should wow. we go? That was like that was like Eagles Cowboys. The domination level there. It's all right. You all saw. Talk is cheap. Should we go to uh, tell that to the Eagles D line? Yeah. So quarterbacks, this is a this is a fun one. All right, so you've already named Manning, Rogers, Luck, Brady, Brady as well. Yep, fourth. Right. Uh, I will say tell you that Breeze is in the top ten. He's number Breeze eight. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, I'll start it off. Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is seventh. Okay. Correct. Uh, big Benjamin Roethlisberger. Well, he is in there. Number five. Matthew Stafford. No, he's not. Wow. You are so dumb. <laughs> you are really dumb. For real. Good Good. That, is not, that is not nice. Uh, Tony Romo. Tony Romo, of course, he's in there, number six. Matt Ryan? No. This is embarrassing. One uh, you will see this Sunday, and the other you will. Eli just... Manning is the other one? No. Russell Wilson. Russell BT, Wilson p- BT pointed Ryan. to himself. Well, no, I, he said <laughs> we'll see this Sunday. Uh, you don't get credit for that. I'm giving that point to PT for that. Okay. Could have been Mark Sanchez. Is it GJ Kinney? You know, the actual answer is probably as the, the, number, 10, the number 10 quarterback may not be starting. 
this Sunday. May not be starting. Is it Brian Hoyer? Brian Hoyer. Wow. Wow, that's an upset. Excellent. That's a reason enough to not st- not start Johnny football. That's good. That's good stuff. Let's go to the running backs. So you got Murray, got Bell, got Foster. Those are the only ones that you have right. named to this go point. Ahead. Go ahead, Bell. LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, number nine. Um, Matt Forte. Matt Forte is fifth. Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is seventh. Uh, Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles is number six. Keep it, keep it in your pants. Marshawn Lynch. Fourth. I said Lynch. I said Lynch in the, uh, in the other one. In the, uh, did you say in the other the one? We're all players. All so right. I'll take that point. Right. Thank you. Well, all right. All right <laughs> no, so you were incorrect back then. So you have number eight and number ten are on the board. Uh, Alfred Morse? No. Uh, bad guess. Uh, Andre Ellington. No. Wow, number eight. Nice, Good nice. work by you. Oh, it's the first first point you've gotten over me. <laughs> uh, number ten's a breakout player for 2014. Justin Forsett. That is correct. Good one. Good one. Justin Forsett is number ten. Good one. All right. Let's go to the receivers. So you've got Brown, got Jordy. Uh, I think those are all the ones you've named to this right. point. Bring up the music. Let's say it. Megatron is not in the top Megatron's 10. Megatron's not in the top 10. For wow. receivers. All right. But a teammate of his. Who's going first? Is. Wow. Well, there you go. All right. So he just gave his golden ticket. All right. Yeah, that doesn't no. count. Okay. Um, let's go with. Oof. Gee, but we're, we're Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin. He's eighth. Yes. Des Bryant. Des Bryant is fourth. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon is. Somewhere beyond number 10. Randy right. Cobb. Randall Cobb, six. Sammy Watkins. No. God, you are terrible at this game. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to – I'm going off the film. Let's see. So number number three, number three, number four, number five, number seven, and number nine. Okay. Um, uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones is nine. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is fifth. Brandon Marshall. No. Marius uh, Thomas. Number three. Bad there guess. you go. I can't let you let you get to Marius <laughs> Thomas and guess Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> so we have number four. Um, and then number <laughs> seven. Number four and number seven are still on the board. Uh, One in each conference. Okay. Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, God, no. No. You, going off fans. Do you think Carolina Panthers fans are lighting my, up the, the balance? I'm trying to put my. They don't even know. I'm there aren't even any of them. In. There's a lot of fantasy football fans out there, all right? Uh, one I'm shocked that it's not been mentioned. I know. Okay. Is it Emmanuel Sanders? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That'll require some fixing on the back end. <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right. Uh, we'll just go. You know, top five yeah, tight ends. We'll, we'll, we'll tears down. Yeah, we'll 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 yeah, we All right, so there. Gronk. So Gronk was already mentioned. Yeah, Gronk, number yeah, one. Jimmy Graham. One. Jimmy Graham is third. Um. Uh, let's go with Julius Thomas. Second. Um. Jason Witten. No, he's in top ten, but not top five. Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates is four. Okay. Uh, you just mocked their fan base. Greg Olson. Yes. What's your name? G Reg. What you do? Get votes. Oh man. Gotta stop with that. How you do it? All That's right. Uh, All right. We'll we'll make this the 
Fran Duffy portion here. Uh, yeah, here's where he makes up ground. Right, Top go five centers. Top wow. five centers. Go ahead, Bo. Okay. Kelsey is number eight. Okay. I'll give you All right. that. All right. Um, Ryan Khalil. Ryan Khalil is number seven. Uh, bad guess. Too bad. Um, Travis Frederick. He is number one on the top of the list. Max Unger. Max Unger. One, two, three, four, five. Number five. Uh, Rich Ornberger. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I'm struggling for some reason to remember the guy's name uh, from the Jets. Um, Mangold. Nick Holly, Mangold. Holly Mangold. Yes, number three. Steven Wisniewski. New. Uh, Operator Nation. Who's the, who's the, whoever the Steelers center is? Uh, oh, Pouncy. Pouncy. Marquise Pouncy. Oh, my Number turn. Two. Okay. No, you got that. That was you. Good call. Uh, is it the, whoever the. Oh, Alex Mack. No. Is no. It, it's the Jeez. Broncos center. Correct. Manny Ramirez. Tom Nalen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stevie Vallos. Oh. Wow. Do, we even, do, I, do I even want to do guards? Do we do top, top three? Top, top three. All right. Disgu and it's disgusting. Top three is disgusting. The top three is disgusting. Yeah. Is it Zach Martin? Number one. Oh my god! I mean, I'm excellent. That's uh, not. That's not. I mean, that's, what it is. <laughs> that's not the. Dis that's not the one that's disgusting. So. Right. Okay. Um, oh Think man, of fan vote. Right. I don't know. You get give it to us. Richie Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> number eleven. Uh, no. So Josh Sitton. Okay. Packers number Bay. two. Yep, okay. Sure. Ronald Leary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Zach Martin's teammate, so okay. good. Dallas Cowboys right. top are four, top four tackles. You want to do top four? Yeah. Top four tackles. <laughs> you get to go first. Tyron Smith. Number one. Yeah, that was easy. People in Dallas. Doug yeah. Free. <laughs> <laughs> he is four. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Free Doug. All right. Um, I'm assuming Jason Peters is not on the list. Uh, he is eighth. Yep. All right. So, uh, uh, Trent Williams not probably not going to be on the both list. AFC. Yeah, both AFC. Thomas Joe. Yes, correct. Boom. Number three. That is correct. Um, when in doubt, go with the team that has the best offense. Denver's left tackle. Ryan Clady. There we go. Okay, All solid. Right. So now let's move it on. Pass right. rusher. Oh man. So. Oh man, this is so it goes. Yeah, people. we got we got to get out of this. Let's, let's go. Let's keep it going. Let's go. So top three. three yeah. We'll defensive three ends. Defensive ends. Defensive ends. Jared Allen. Name recognition. It's not a bad <laughs> idea. It's not, not a bad guess. Was not in there though. Demarcus yeah. Ware. He is second. Wow. The number one is. Yeah, JJ Watt. Number one on. Oh, okay, yes. Okay. okay. Um, Brilliant. Uh, number three, uh, AFC. He's been the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Carson Palmer. Uh, Cameron Wake. Very good. Number good three. Good one. Uh oh. All We're right. only down ten now. All right. Defensive tackles. Dominican Sue. Yeah. Number two. Ooh, number two. Number two. Um, Vince Wilfork. Good one. Ooh, that's going ninth. Uh, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, me too. Um, go ahead. Bill. Obviously, you said it. Um, <laughs> uh, Terrence Knighton. <laughs> Can we have a replay of that set? Yeah. Pot this. roast. Guys being Not pot no. roast. He should be. Uh, Geno Atkins. Oh, I got one. No. 
Uh, well, I guess he's a defensive end, right? Sheldon Richardson? He is fourth. Oh, nice one. Mohamed Wilkerson? Number three, yep. Oh, man. I gave Big it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, number one, former first-round pick, AFC. Fletcher Cox. Oh, NFC. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Thanks for well, well, welcome uh, to the Don Eagles Terry Poe? No. Oh, uh, that was a good guess. I got nothing. Team that uh, they do lead the league in sacks. Yes, they do. Oh, no. Uh, no. Isn't Buffalo the league in yeah. sacks? Marcel Darius. Yes, very oh, good. Oh, wow. Interesting. All right. All right. Let's what? do outside linebacker. We'll do outside linebackers. Uh, Connor Barwin is seventh. Just to let okay. you guys know. Do you want to go first? Levante David. Levante David is fifth. Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews is third. Um, man, this is tough. Uh, let's go with, I don't know, Ryan Kerrigan. Ninth, believe it or not. Von Miller. Von Miller is number one. Same division is number two. And same conference is number four. Um, Terrell Suggs. Close. Right team. Wrong player. Uh, uh, Courtney Upshaw? Elvis Doomerville. Elvis Doomerville. He's number four. DT. Oh. And the NFL's leader in sacks is number two. Justin Houston. Very good. Okay. No. All right. Inside linebacker. Um, Sean Lee. <laughs> number two. Not a bad guess. No. Uh, Luke, Luke, Luke uh, Keekley. Luke Keekley is number one. Uh, Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley. <laughs> Luke Keekley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next three, two through four, all reside in the AFC North. Uh, Fontes Perfect. No, not on the list. Ray Lewis. Ooh, no. Uh, is is CJ Mosley? Yeah, he's number two. Oh, nice. nice. There we go. Um, I got Levon Kirkland. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, who is it? Steelers. Carlos Carlos Dansby is third from the Browns. Lawrence okay. Timmons from the Steelers is fourth. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Rolando McLean is fifth. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, let's actually, what I guess again? Yeah. Corner. So let's see. Cornerback. Um, should we do? Should we do five for this one? Five. Sure. Okay. Okay. Go I ahead. think you guys let's can keep get it. going. Uh, Richard Sherman. He is number four. Wow. wow. Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is not in the top five. He is seventh. Uh, Darrell Rivas. The number one. Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden is number five. Yeah. Huge. Akeem Talib. Number two. Yeah. Oh, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller. Oh, yeah. Number three. There you go. All right, so now safeties, they divvied up as free and strong. Oh, oh, just geez. do top two. This is craziness. So, <laughs> silly. So. Earl Thomas. Absurdity. Earl Thomas is number two for free safeties. Nailed it. Tashawn Gibson of the Browns is the number one. Wow. Vote All right. Strong safety. Strong safety. Cam Chancellor. Well, I don't know number one. Would you like to go number two? Um, it's just. <laughs> you want to ask you're that s- differently? <laughs> <laughs> um, He's, he have been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. What do you got? It's the, the, the Browns other safety, Whitner. Wow. Okay. Cleveland fans right. showing up for Brian Moore yeah. and Tayshawn Gibson. I think the Taylor. moral of this story, if you've if you've mercilessly made it through, is that Eagles fans, we need to we need to vote. Need a little to, bit yeah, more. step Let's up go. the voting. Yeah, so. craziness. All right, why don't we get into the fails? Where's Cody Parkey? Ooh, let me see where Cody Parkey is. He 
is in the top ten. Who's the, the league's leading point scorer. He's, he's oh no, he's not in the top ten. Oh come on! Oh my God, he's the Kevin Durant of the NFL. <laughs> I'm trying to see who people else. Bo, get you, out and vote. Bo, you are the real MVP. Donnie, Donnie Jones is not in the top ten. Uh, Sproles is number two for returners. Okay, behind who? Hester. Yes. <laughs> Hester, Devin Hester Prin. Give me a break. <laughs> and uh, Ghost, Chris Maragos, number I mean, nine. we're talking about a process mm-hmm. where a guy literally earned like six years of Pro Bowl votes by getting his face stepped on by Albert Hainsworth <laughs> and Andre Garrod. He yeah. never went to a Pro Bowl until that happened. And then after that, he had the rain game every, recognition. Because like, uh, center. Oh, Andre Garrod. Yeah, that guy. I know him. Exactly. Yeah. So our fails of the week. Now, we're going to go to the association for number five. It's a Houston Rockets fan. Goes a little. Let's go rocks. All right, so <laughs> okay. He looks He's like dancing. Kevin Love. Did a little dance. Oh wow, oh, man, that's strong. That's strong. I'm waiting for some dollar bills to start. That is a stronger statement than Bovember. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> for the that's fantastic. I feel, I feel bad for the guy who's sitting here. Is like, All right, so, so I have so I have this I have a philosophical uh, difference of what constitutes a fail. This guy is like asking for attention he's doing this on purpose to me a fail is is something that happens when they're not trying to to get attention that i know a, I, you know i don't want to go i, I don't want to go meta on the fails of the week no, here, but we, uh, we need we need brian our producer to go back to the soundboard to well, put to in be, the philosophical music there i mean so. to be fair the guy is wearing acid wash jeans with a superman belt buckle and i love rockets yeah but he's going that's chest. what he's going he's, yeah. he 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 Put this entire thing together so that he could be on Fails of the Week. That's not what that's I'm looking. That's exactly that's, what he was thinking. Of. That's not what I'm looking to reward. I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading that with the look in his eyes. I don't know if that's, the, that's the true intentions the whole, there. The whole thing is it's just so embarrassingly bad. It, it's beyond. It, there's people who but obviously he's not try doing to get this attention because but. he thinks it's good. It's he, he thinks it's good. Well, oh. like he thinks that's how we should cheer the team. If he slipped after the water went and he hit yes. his head on the pole, <laughs> then we're <Yes>. talking. <laughs> Well, look, it's number five, all right? Okay, that's fair. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So number four, we're going to the college ranks. Minnesota at Wisconsin in between the third and fourth quarter timeout. Defensive back Marcus Jones dances to House of Pain's Jump Around. Fans will do it at Eagles games every week. I mean, I think that's impressive. Yeah. And the office. So it's pretty much that. This it doesn't really look like moves to well, jump it's around. That, it's the fact that his team is yeah. team is losing. Yeah, yeah teams and his team is discussing strategy for next quarter, and he's just he's having a good old time out there. That's that's fail worthy. That's that. that's why it's a fail. Could you pull that off? I think C-Mac could pull that off. The, it, uh, the 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 prompt here says who has the best dance moves on the podcast. I would probably tear my ACL as uh, Stephen Tulloch did celebrating a sack celebration. Who was the mm-hmm. guy in Oakland who who tore his? No, it was Chicago. It oh, was, Chicago, uh, you're right. right. It was, uh, Bill Gramatica. from Oakland. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but yeah. Bill Gramatica. Correct. Yeah. So we go number three, West Virginia at Iowa State. Uh, so here, it's a fail. But I think Bo will be happy with okay. this one. So it's a little slippery. Oh. Oh, oh yes. Oh, that nice. is a good fail. Okay. I like that. I wish he'd like fully like, fallen then the, back. But then the guy behind. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's a double. Yeah, it's the second guy that makes yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So that's, so that's number three. Oh, so it's pretty two, good. Two refs falling on one play. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So number two, go back to the NFL. Eddie Royal, speedy receiver. He's running in the open field, and he's going to get caught by Will Hill. And then got DJ Fluker 
strips the ball from his own teammates. It's kind what, of a, kind of a fluke play. Nice. Nicely done. It was there. Subtle. Understated. If only we had a DJ to drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But nonetheless, so yeah, big, it's a pretty big foul. So the first forced fumble of his career, and number one, we're going to soccer. So I don't know anything that's going on here. Oh yeah, I've seen this. So <laughs> it's this here. It's it a flop. Oh it wow! <laughs> yeah. But Jeez. see, like as someone who played soccer growing up, he this is the kind of guy that like gives the sport a bad name. That. <sighs> It's the that's, that's, a, that's a real flop. That's uh, <laughs> like a fish flopping out of water. That's great. That is impressive. Those are some good dance moves. <laughs> that is good. Maybe that's what he was doing. <laughs> Jump around. Jump around. Was <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh, so those. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ladies and gentlemen, are your fails of the week? Shout out to uh, Derek and Dallas, who uh, I met at the team hotel. Uh, poor sucker made it all the way through this who, podcast. Who said who he's, he said that he listens uh, to a, the podcast when he's on the road. So appreciate the support. And uh, we should get we, we there should be some kind of like uh, we should have some kind of contest for people who listen all the way through. What was the number one fail of the week? Uh, ask, ask a simple question like that. Where? Yeah, that could be uh, could be in the works. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk yeah, with we'll BT think after about this. that later. Yeah. All right. So any final thoughts? So we get ready for Sunday's. Let's do a thing. Let's down. do it. Let's do like first person to send in. Uh, so to tweet. We'll send. We'll 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 give away uh you know something from the uh, from the, the merchandise shed. shed. Yep. Uh, the last time go. we asked, we like put out there for fan response though was Eagles Beakley. So that was the best we got from that. So <laughs> and look where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think uh, we should go out right uh, away. Let's should. let's think of a question. Um, uh, tweet us. Just the first person to tweet Eagles Beakley at at Eagles Insider. Just hashtag Eagles Beakley. Bo will personally package something up and send it to you. Deal. And he will shave. Not a deal. Not until not until the segment that this beard has been waiting for is aired or filmed. That's it. Well, thank you for it. joining us today on Eagles Beakley. <laughs> Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Hope the Eagles can beat the Seahawks. <laughs> I'm out. He's got he's got he got stroke the beard or something. And get in line for the number two seed so that I can go see my friend get married in Portland, Oregon on the second of January. Thanks for watching everybody. Do we have for the Chris camera McPherson, doing the uh for Fran Duffy close up? This has been Eagles Beakley. See you next week, everybody. We'll see you next week.